You're listening to Radio Galari, and this is the Deadly Literacy Show with Mystique and Deb. Stay tuned for jokes, competitions, kids' news, and more. So good afternoon and welcome to the first episode of the Deadly Literacy Show. This show is all about literacy learning in the early years. For kids listening in, stay tuned for jokes, competitions and cool literacy ideas you can try at home. And for parents and guardians, listen out for literacy tips and hacks to boost your child's engagement and love of reading and writing. But first, a little bit about who we are and what we do. I'm Mystique. And I'm Deb. And we are Early Years Literacy Specialists at Wadi. Together we run the Literacy Acquisition for Pre-Primary Students or LAPS program in schools across the Kimberley. And we're here to tell you a bit about how we got here. Take it away, Misty. So I'm a Nyonyal woman, but I grew up in Broome. I went down to Perth for school when I was 14 years old and after finishing high school, I came back home and started my education career at Broome Primary School as an Aboriginal Islander Education Officer or an AIO. It was here that I first met my wonderful colleague, Miss Deb, sitting across from me. Uh, And this time in the classroom also inspired me to try and make a difference in young people's lives. So I switched from studying psychology and started studying teaching at Notre Dame. I taught in Perth and Port Hedland schools before coming back home. After a few years at Cable Beach, I joined Deb at Wadi with the LAPS program. How about you, Deb? Uh, Well, I grew up in Perth and started teaching 16 years ago in a remote community in the Ngāratara lands. Uh, A few years later, I moved to Broome Primary School where I met my awesome workmate, Mystique. Uh, I've been working at Wadi since 2004 and I love my job because I get to help teachers, help kids to have their best start to learning to read and write at school. Uh, and I'm also studying applied linguistics to learn more about languages and learning. But that's enough about us. On with the show. What do you have first up on the show today? Oh, well, first, we're going to talk about uh, what we've been up to recently. So what have we been up to? Well, we've been getting ready for our first trip out to the East Kimberley schools this term, which is coming up very soon. And we're very excited to catch up with our with the kids and all the teachers out there. We haven't seen them as much this year because of all the travel restrictions. Mm, well, not in the flesh, but sometimes through a computer screen. We've been trying to stay connected with all of the schools we work with through video chatting. Um, I bet some of the kids and families listening have been doing the same thing. Maybe you've been video chatting to family members who live far away. Well, we're lucky here in WA that we are safe. Some people in other parts of the world and even Australia are have are having to be very careful and stay indoors as much as they can to stay safe. And I think that brings us to the next segment, which is the news. Extra, extra, read all about it. So, Deb, do you have a news story for us? Yes, I have a story from kidsnews.com.au and I just had to share it because it's about a dog. (laughs) His name is Eros. He's a chocolate Labrador who lives in Medellin, a city in Colombia in South America. And Eros is helping people stay safe from the COVID-19 pandemic by delivering groceries to their houses. Oh, that's so cool and so cute. But wait, he's a dog. How did he learn to do that? Okay, so his owner, 
Maria, has a local supermarket and she took Eros with her when she was delivering shopping to the customers and trained him to deliver the groceries all by himself. But he doesn't have any hands. How does he carry the shopping? Well, this is the best part. He has a little basket he carries in his mouth and then the customers give him a treat in exchange for their groceries. Oh, that's so cute. But how does how do they pay for their shopping? Uh, they pay online, but you just have to see a picture of Eros carrying his basket. He's adorable. We'll put a link to a story in our episode one show notes on our Facebook page, Deadly Literacy, so that you too can see this amazing dog. And for the kids listening, maybe you know a dog who can do something special like Eros. Or maybe you can just use your imagination to think of something cool that a dog could do. You can tell us on our Facebook page if you like. If you want to draw a picture or take a photo, you can get a grown-up in your family to send a message to our Facebook page, Deadly Literacy. And maybe we can read some stories out in our next episode. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, How about you, Mystique? Do you have a news story for us? I do have a news story, and it is a very unusual story about KFC and 3D printers. What? How would a printer have something to do with KFC? (laughs) Well, KFC have just come out stating that they have teamed up with a Russian company, 3D Bioprinting. So they're going to be printing the chicken boxes? No, they're wanting to print 3D chicken nuggets. What? So, hang on, you can print meat, is that a thing? (laughs) It sure is. They are creating lab-grown meat, so in a lab. And it's made from stem cells, so no chickens in sight. Stem cells are the building blocks of all living things. And this technology is already used in modern medicine, where they've already printed different types of human tissues like bones and even heart valves. Wow. Yes, KFC are wanting to create the meat for the future in response to the increase in demand for meat alternatives with more people worrying about living healthier lifestyles. And then we also have the global problems caused by the growing demand for meat or chicken farming. So KFC is also claiming that it will use less greenhouse gases and 100 times less land than traditional farming. So this is a positive win for the environment as it will reduce the need to cut down our natural habitats. But I'm still a little bit worried about meat being grown in a science lab. Hmm, Maybe a win for the chickens, though. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. We'll have to keep an ear out for what goes on with this experiment. What about you, Deb? How do you feel about 3D printed nuggets? Uh, I'm not sure, but look, if it saves some chickens' lives, maybe it's a good thing. If you want to learn more about this story, we will place the link on our Facebook page or you can check it out on kidsnews.com.au. Well, that was some exciting news. What have we got next, Mystique? Shout out! That's right, it's time for a shout-out. We'll be giving a shout-out every episode to somebody out there doing something amazing. Today, we want to give a special shout-out to all of our schools in our early literacy program, the LAPS program, because they include schools all across the Kimberley from east to west. So a special shout-out to any kids listening here in Broome who are hearing this on the radio, and hopefully later kids will be listening in the communities of Beagle Bay, Yearly, Frog Hollow, Warman, and kids at St. Joseph's schools in Wyndham and Kununurra. We love working with you and we all can't wait to visit you all again soon. And as a special dedication to one of our schools, I thought we could play our song 
a song from Yearly. So this one is from the Indigenous Hip Hop Project and it is Yearly Maoli, um, Yearly Kids by Leon Cox, Alinta Riley, Sharona Hester and Francis Dawson. You're listening to Radio Galari and this is the Deadly Literacy Show with Mystique and Deb. Stay tuned for jokes, competitions, kids' news and more. Now, I absolutely love that song by the Yearly Children. You can search that song on YouTube if you like. It's the Indigenous Hip Hop Project, Yearly Maoli, or Yearly Kids. Now, All right, what's, what's coming up next on the show, Mystique? Bust Out! That's right, it's Bust Out time. Each fortnight, we'll ask our listeners to send in their funny jokes and we'll choose one to share on air. Deb, I hear you have a joke for us this week. You've kept it a secret from me all week. I'm excited. I've been hiding this joke from Mystique. I heard it uh, a couple of weeks ago on the Infinite Monkey Cage podcast and I thought Mystique's going to love this. Are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. I've been waiting all week. (laughs) Okay. Okay. What's orange and sounds like a parrot? I don't know, Deb. What is orange and sounds like a parrot? A carrot. (laughs) It's pretty good, hey? (laughs) Did you like my joke? I loved your joke, Deb. Oh, gosh. Oh, I've been waiting all week for a carrot. That brings us to our next segment. In this segment, we share our favourite book. Today, I'm going to share one of my favourite books, Alfie's Big Wish, written and illustrated by David Harvey. Alfie's Big Wish tells the story of a young boy who is sad and he, because he has to say goodbye to his friends, so he sets off on a quest to find another friend. After a full day of searching, he almost loses all hope, so he makes a wish. But will his wish come true? Now, this is one of my favourite books from Magabala Books because I used to read it almost every night to my boy. He was in kindy and he loved this story because most of the books read to him at school didn't have any Aboriginal characters in it. So he just loved seeing a little boy Elfie, full of energy, just like himself, trying to find a friend. And we're going to be reading this book to children if they want to come along and hear it, aren't we, Mystique? Yes, so if you'd like to come along to our Corrugated Lines event, One Story, Two Ways, it's on this Saturday, the 1st of August, at the Broomtown Library from 9.30 to 10.30. So you'll need to get an adult to book on the Eventbrite. You can find that on our Facebook page or on the Corrugated Lines page. And this week for our first episode, you get a bonus book because Deb has chosen one too. What did you choose, Deb? Well, I had to choose this one because did you know that last week on the 20th of July, it was Moon Day? So I chose a book about the moon and this one is also from Muggabala and I just had to share it with our listeners because it is so beautiful. It's called Brother Moon and it is written by Marie McCarthy Yolu, a Wajigan woman from the Northern Territory and it's a story that was passed down from her grandfather Liman. The words are beautiful. Uh, Liman talks about how his brother is always there for him and keeps him safe by shining light on the dangers in the darkness, like the eyes of a crocodile. And along with the wonderful story, I think our listeners will also love the illustrations, the pictures. 
uh, Samantha Fry, the illustrator, has used coloured pencil on coloured paper, which just makes everything shine like the moonlight. And I'm going to put a link on our Facebook page to show everyone. But I thought that's a cool thing too, that you could try at home if you want to illustrate your own book, maybe about the moon or something else at night time. Or maybe a scary story. Ooh. I like that you're thinking about things kids can do at home. Because that brings us to our next segment. Lit up your life. This is the segment where we share with you ways you can add some extra literacy into your life. Each episode, we'll take some part of your life and show you how you can lit it up. Today, we're going to talk to you about how you can lit up your Saturday. Because this Saturday is a Corrugated Lines Writers Festival. So to lit up your life... You can get along to the library for our event, One Story, Two Ways, at 9.30 to 10.30. This is a bi-dialectal storytelling event where we will be telling one story in two ways. Numbers are limited, so be sure to book on Eventbrite. And if you can't get in, the good news is there's another wonderful literacy event at 11am, Storytime with Johnny and Pat. During the COVID-19 lockdown, Johnny Ockerby, who's only eight years old, launched a Facebook page, Storytime with Johnny, and challenged herself to read 100 books in 100 days. Join Johnny in conversation with Pat Lowe as they discuss the joy of writing, reading, and storytelling. And we'll post a link to both events and to Johnny's page on the Deadly Literacy Facebook page. Now, uh uh-oh, I think it's Deb. Deb's about to nerd out. Nerd out. Yes. This is the part where I get to nerd out. (laughs) Remember I said I'm learning about languages? Well, I'm going to share with you something that I'm learning. So English is a language, right? But did you know there is not just one English? There are many different Englishes or different varieties of English. Some people call them dialects. The one I'm speaking right now is called Standard Australian English. Another kind of English is Aboriginal English. People who study languages or linguists say that both of these varieties of English are just as good as each other. In fact, all Englishes are. No variety of English is broken or rubbish. They all just have different rules. And Mystique can speak two different varieties of English, both Standard Australian English and Aboriginal English. Hey Mystique! That's right. I grew up with Aboriginal English, but I do speak standard Australian English, especially when I'm teaching the classroom in the classroom. And if you'd like to hear some of these differences between Aboriginal English and standard Australian English, you can get along to our event one more time. One, one story, story, two, two ways. ways. We'll be doing some bi-dialectal storytelling. That's where we will tell one story in two ways, Aboriginal English and standard Australian English. Yes, make sure you get along if you can. It's going to be heaps of fun. Now, time for our next segment. What is it? Lexicon. Word. This segment is called Lexicon. Well, first of all, what does Lexicon mean? Well, Lexicon means all the words of a person or language. So you might say, for example, some adults find it hard to understand teenagers because their lexicon is always changing. Mm, That's true. Teenagers do invent new words. So lexicon is the segment where we share some of our favourite words with you, including what they mean and how they came to be. For example, the word lexicon comes from both Latin and Greek words meaning related to words. 
Ah, yeah, because in linguistics, the word lexis and lexical also are used to talk about words. Are you starting to nerd out again, Deb? All right, I'll stop now. <laughs> okay, so do you have a word for us then, Deb? Uh, yeah, I thought I would do corrugated. Like the festival, corrugated lines? Yeah. And I know that Mystique loves learning about morphology, which is the little bits that go together to make words. So the bit in the middle of corrugated, rugga or ruga, is Latin for wrinkle. Wow. <laughs> and corrugated means bent into curves or folds, kind of like wrinkles. So being corrugated can make something stretchy or strong. Like the corrugated metal a lot of our houses in Broome are made of. Yep, and you might also see corrugated cardboard too. Or a corrugated dirt road. We drive on a few of those when we travel to our remote communities, hey? We sure do. <laughs> now next up, we have an interview with someone from our community. Please welcome our special guest. So our special guest is Frank Perryman. Let's have a listen to our chat. We thought it'd be great to interview you, Frank, for our first episode, seeing as you are a Wadi Community Director and Jabba Jabba Man, who has been involved with Wadi for a long time. You've also seen how our literacy program has come about and been a passionate advocate for Wadi's education programs. For our listeners, first of all, can you tell them a bit about what Wadi is? Well, thanks, Deb, and it's an honour to be the first one off the rank. <laughs> um, Wadi, uh, Wadi was set up in um, 2012. It was uh, the admin body set up to represent the Native Title Claim Group at the time, the Galora Blue and Jabba Jabba Native Title Group. And it was also, well, part of its role was to administer the benefits that were supposed to arise from the proposed LNG project that was going to be um, built at uh, James Price Point. So how did Wadi then become involved in literacy education? Okay, well, this answer is twofold. During the negotiations, um, the, the claim group, identified or was brought, it brought to the attention that there was a literacy issue in the Kimberley, low literacy levels, and that needed to be addressed. And Wayne Bergman initiated or brought to our attention a program called Reading Recovery. And uh, with the claim group, they, they were actually keen to have literacy or our kids reading better and going to school. And education was a big focus of, of um, our negotiations at the time. So it was, all, it was automatic that we would support that program. So we, we negotiated and got some money for the reading recovery program, which was initially based at the Land Council. And then when Wadi was established, it transferred across to, to, to Wadi. Um, but it was something that the claim group was passionate about and really wanted to, our kids to improve their literacy levels. Um, so you were involved in the negotiations before Wadi even began. Uh, what key messages did you hear from the claim group in relation to literacy and education? Uh, some of the main messages were that look, you know, there was a major issue in regards to education, employment, housing, um, and other social determinants. Health was a, was an issue, um, and we thought that through the negotiation we would be able to share some of the benefits that would come from that development across the Kimberley. Um, so. <laughs> What we did, we agreed for an organisation called Anja to be established to administer something like $350 million across the Kimberley to address those issues. Um, and education obviously still was a major, major um, priority at the time for us. Um, yeah, so that was the key messages. Uh, there was some stuff in it for, uh, for Jabba Jabba people, but, but 
basically they agreed that they would share the benefits and you know try to improve I suppose the standard of living and quality of life for Aboriginal people in the Kimberley, which um, I think they should be applauded for. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And um, yourself, you're very passionate about education, Frank. Why do you think it's so important? I'm passionate about education because it, it, it's a way out of the dysfunction and the disadvantage that we are in at the moment. So we really need to, you know, that's, that is the key to a new life, to a better life. It doesn't mean you have to give up your culture, your land, your language or anything like that. It just gives you the tool to, to actually function better in this world. And we keep saying, you know, we have to live in two worlds. So let's live in this two worlds in a better way. Great. Um, so for yourself, have there been any particular experiences that have inspired you? Um, I suppose on a global scale, when you look at, you know, people like Nelson Mandela and, and Barack Obama and now they've had to have good education to get behind, you know to be able to get to those levels and um, those, those things inspire me those people inspire me you know Michelle Obama said you know ed education is so important literacy is so important it gets you a seat at the table it gives you the confidence to get your seat at the ta at the table so yeah and if you're not at the table you don't have any control of your life other people are always controlling your life and if you're able to read and write and do all that sort of stuff, you determine what you want to do yourself, not somebody else. Yeah, fantastic. That's really important, isn't it? Mm. And um, in your own life, how do you use the skills of reading and writing, you know, in your life and in your work? And what important things do they help you to do? Right, well, <clears throat> for the last, I suppose, 20 years, I've been in management positions and because I have been able to read and write, I'm able to understand policy, I'm able to understand legislation and things like that, be able to write reports, read financial reports and things like that, because I have had that education. So yeah, reading helps you to get to that level, and writing gets you to, to that level as well. Um, you know, I think it was Einstein who said, if you want to be a better person, read. If you want to be an even better person, you still read. <laughs> so again, you know, it's um, quoting people who, who've um, you know in the past have said these wise things and I think you know, they, they really resonate with me and I um, yeah I try to adopt those principles of, of reading and, and writing or education in general mm. wonderful um, do you think it's ever too early to start getting involved in literacy with children or is it ever too late look I don't think it's ever too early I think you know reading or storytelling from conception um, and never stops from there. Um, it's never too late to learn to read and write. It may be a bit harder, but it can be achieved. You know, there are a lot of late starters in life. I, I could have been one of them. You know, I, um, I left school early, um, but I went back to school uh, and, and yeah, attained my year 12 equivalent. So it's never too late. And it's never, ever, ever too early. You can, yeah. If you can, if you can instill reading into our kids at a very young age and get them to enjoy reading, then you know, world's their oyster. Fantastic. And finally, is there anything you would like our listeners to take away from this interview? Um. Yeah, I think Mahatma Gandhi said something, and it's your choice whether you get educated or not. But I'd like to encourage you to do that. 
But he said, live as if you were to die tomorrow, but learn as if you were to live forever. And I think that's a very strong message there. So we're all going to live for a very long time, hopefully. Um, so learn, learn. And that will get you to live a longer life, a better life, a much more productive, much more healthy life. I mean, you know, reading, is, there's also a safety aspect to reading. Um, if you don't, can't read warning signs and things like that, then you don't know, you know, kids won't know what they're putting in their mouths, where they're driving into if they're in the car. Um, you know, there's a song by Slim Dusty called Trumby, and it was about a stockman who was a very good stockman, one of the best on the station, but he couldn't read. And he actually ended up dying at a waterhole because that waterhole was poisoned. And there was a sign that said poison, but because he couldn't read, he, stood, he drank from that waterhole. And he died. So it's unsafety. And I mean, that's an old <laughs> song. And even from then, from 19, in the 1960s, that song was, if I remember correctly. Um, that message was then back then read, learn. It saves your life. It can do anything. It can create a better life for you. So I'd like people to take that away. Um, yeah. Fantastic, Frank. Thank you so much for your time today and want some wonderful messages to take away. You're listening to Radio Galari, and this is the Deadly Literacy Show with Mystique and Deb. Stay tuned for jokes, competitions, kids' news, and more. What a great interview, Deb. We will be interviewing many more people from all over the Kimberley who are doing inspiring things. Let us know if you have anyone who inspires you in the community, and we'll try and bring them in for a chat. We need to give a big thank you to Frank for being our first guest and for sharing his knowledge and some wise words. We should also give a shout out and thank you to some more people who helped us start this radio show. Yes, uh, first of all, Matt Francis from Gulari. Uh, he patiently trained us in how to actually make a radio show. He was very patient because it is a lot harder than it sounds. Yes, and also to the fabulous Ty and Ava, whose voices you can hear introducing each of our segments. Aren't they awesome? They sure are. We should probably thank their mum, Tanya, too. She's really helped us get this show on air. Definitely. Uh, and also Kelly Dodd at Prime Minister and Cabinet, who's really encouraged and championed for us uh, with this program. And to the talented Michael Jalaru torres who is busy designing our logo, which will be coming soon to our Facebook page, Deadly Literacy. And thank you to you guys, our listeners. Yeah, we wouldn't have a show without you guys. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. I was having so much fun. I know, me too. (laughs) Wait, it can't be the end of the show yet. Don't we have a competition? Oh, yes, that's right, to celebrate our first show. And we're celebrating something else too. Did you know... Tomorrow, the 29th of July, is World Tiger Day. Really? There's a World Tiger Day? Yeah, and then coming up on the 10th of August is World Lion Day. So we thought kids might want to draw and write what they know about tigers or lions or your favourite wild cat and send it in. And we have a book they can win, right? We do. It's called Wild Cats Prowl by Yvonne Weiner and Tony Oliver. And it's actually a poetry book, but with facts about all kinds of wild cats. So lions, tigers, bears, 
Bears aren't wildcats. But panthers are, and jaguars, and ocelots. Talk about lexicon. There are some pretty cool and interesting words in this book too. So if you want to win a copy, write us your own poem or story or information report, whatever you like, about your favourite wildcat and send it to the Deadly Literacy page on Facebook. Yep. Uh, And is there anything else you want to say to our listeners before we go? Well, listeners, we'd like to know what you thought of our first show. You can let us know on Facebook and you can also share your amazing dog stories or your favourite joke. And don't forget to enter our competition. That's right. Well, until next time, goodbye all you Deadly Literacy learners. Thanks for tuning in to the Deadly Literacy Show. We hope you had fun. For more fun literacy ideas or to drop us a line, check out our Facebook page. Deadly Literacy. Happy reading and writing. writing.